This is Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just sway your mind. Here, we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinions on if it deserves more than just one shot. I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be YouTube Premium's Wayne. So, this first episode is titled Get Some, but before we actually dive into the show, I just want to say I love this show. Wayne, first two episodes, fantastic. So, before we actually dive into a review, I feel like, you know, we'll kind of let you know if we think you should watch it or not. And for me, that answer is a definite yes. The moment we're done with this, I'm definitely going to go back and watch episodes three through eight, three through ten, however many episodes long it is. Just finish out the season. Yeah. Sadly, it isn't getting renewed for a second season. I blame that on the fact that it was a YouTube premium show. And YouTube premium shows, well, YouTube premium doesn't have a strong listing of original content. Most of its original content that gets additional seasons comes from really big name creators like Shane Dawson or the Pauls, whatever. But Logan Paul, is that his name? Yeah. Vsauce, um, stuff like that. So a show that has literally no ties to any YouTube channel Getting a second season seems unlikely. Yeah. That said, this show is fantastic. It's music, it's cinematography, the acting is just top tier. They really went all out with the show. So now actually getting to episode one, get some then. My first thing right off the bat is this show has wonderful music. That's now, one mind of my you, biggest notes throughout the entire first two episodes. Now mind you, of course, that is subjective. It's more of a punk rock style music thing here. There's not... There's a bit more diversity, but it definitely lends itself more to a punk feel when it comes to music. Well, I know in these first couple episodes, we have songs by The White Stripes and by The Sword. Yep. So if that gives you, if that's something you like musically, gives you an idea of the feel for this show. Because the songs that aren't licensed music, the original music for the show, still has that like hard-hitting like guitar to it, and it's good. But the show itself opens up a really nice punk beat. And we see Wayne just biking around town. He appears to be heading somewhere very quickly, very dead set, very serious. It's also important that, like, if if you look at the background, as he passes people, they react to him. And spoiler for the show, everybody that knows him reacts to him in the same way. They're terrified of him. Apparently, the kid's terrifying. So we finally see Wayne slide his bike into a halt outside of... What looks like an automotive repair store, maybe? It's some type of, like... Rundown looking business. And we see these three punks standing next to a stop sign. That's the thing about this town Wayne lives in, though. The entire town is rundown. Yeah. Like, it's... Set in Massachusetts, and it's bleak, it's cold, the sky's gray. Everything just looks rundown. He stops his bike, and we see these three guys standing next to a stop sign. He's just staring at them, or in their general area. And so, so one of the kids picks up a chunk of ice and throws after it After yelling at him a few times about what he's looking at, and just throws it at Wayne. And it's his bike, and he just stares kind of nonplussed, reaches out and picks up the chunk of ice, and throws it. It goes through a window higher up on the building and shatters the glass. So I want to just say something. We're only like a minute, maybe a minute and a half into the show at this point. Something is just off about Wayne. Like, I don't want to say he has mental issues, 
But, like, he has social issues. That it seems pretty clear, yeah. Yeah. So, like you said, just he just stares at those guys, picks up the trunk of ice that they kicked at him, and throws it through the window. So then we see this guy come barreling out, asking about what happened, who threw it, and the three kids, they point it away, and the guy just charges up to him, asking what's wrong with him, and he slaps one across the face. And then literally lays the beat down on the kid. Yeah. Like Wayne spits in his face, and he lays the beat down on Wayne. He knocks him to a pile of snow and just beats him until he's bloody. To get, like, to give you an idea of this show, he literally beats this kid, who we later learn is 16, until he's literally spitting blood. Yeah. And while this is happening, the three idiots decide, oh, look, we can fuck with this guy now, too. And they just pick up Wayne's bike and start throwing it and kicking it and destroying the thing. So once the guy finishes beating the shit out of Wayne... He, the guy hobbles back to, like, his area, like, ex- clearly exhausted. And so, well, before he does that, he, he looks at Wayne in the face and, and gives him a very... This is quoting, and I just want to make sure everybody knows. This episode is definitely rated PG-13 for language. Because when he finishes beating up Wayne, he looks at him and gives a, Get out of here, or I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. And then, then, then hobbles away. So Wayne kind of stands up, huffs, and then follows the guy, picks up another piece of ice off the ground, and throws it through a window right next to the other one. To which the, the only reply the owner can mu- muster is, Man, what the fuck? The yeah. show is very quotable because the, the actors deliver the lines in such a way that like they'll just stick in your brain. It comes across very real. It, very, very real. It, so, it's a bit more graphic than what you might expect. Especially out of a company like YouTube who because, who have like boldly said that they're the children's number one destination on the internet. This is not a show for children. Definitely not. So after he throws the chunk of ice through the second window... Wayne walks off. The three punks just kind of stare at him. And the guy who owns the house, like, what's he supposed to do at this point? Yeah. So we follow Wayne back to his house. As he's walking up, though, we see this middle-aged man walking a dog walk up to Wayne. And he starts harassing Wayne about how Wayne's father hasn't paid rent. And Wayne's just trying to, like, eat his lunch. A couple sticks of beef jerky. Yeah. And the guy's going on about how Wayne's dad's ducking him. Wayne points out, rightly so, his dad's got cancer. He can't answer the door. Like, his dad's bedridden with cancer. He's not ducking you. He literally can't answer the door right now, man. So, this guy then goes on to insinuate, well, maybe he's not even your father. I see a lot of men go in and out of that house. When your mom was here, because apparently Wayne's mom's left. Yeah. He's going on and on to Wayne about how he needs to pay rent or he's going to kick him out. He doesn't care if their dad's sick. And the land- and he's taking pot shots at Wayne's mom. Wayne's dad, Wayne. So, Wayne takes the jerky he's eating... And throws it behind the landlord. And the dog, being a dog, tears off after that beef jerky, pulling the landlord's shoulder roughly. And, like, dropping the landlord right on his ass. Which is fantastic. It's a good scene. Wayne goes in the house, and then almost immediately, there's knocking at the door. Which both the viewer, me, and, and Justice. I guess me. And Wayne instantly believes the landlord. So he opens it up yelling... And it's a girl knocking on the door. And what do you know? She's here to sell cookies. Now, they don't straight out say they're Girl Scout cookies, but they are standard Girl Scout cookie flavors. Including the delicious coconut ones. Yes, the ones that she, and I quote, says, taste like asshole. But I guess some people like them. Some people gotta. Which feels kind of weird, the whole Girl Scout thing, because she's very much doesn't look like one. She's as run down as the rest of this town. I mean, she's like 
14, 15 years old. 15. We later find out she is 15. But she looks as run down as the rest of this town. Yeah. Which isn't to say she, as a person, looks bad, but her clothes aren't the best, and definitely part of it's camera work and lighting. And, you know, she just doesn't look like your stereotypical Girl Scout, I'm here to sell cookies and raise money stuff. So her and Wayne banter a little bit, and he invites her up to his room. Which, of course, she responds with, as long as there's no weird stuff. A guy on a, a different relation to wanted to see her feet. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, it, it sounds like the thing you come across walking door to door sell people things. I've done that before. You get some weird responses. I never had anything that weird, though. But then again, am a guy. Yeah. No, nothing about my feet, but I've had weird things. So they go up to his room, and they kind of just talk. And I want to point out, it's this scene where I noticed something else. We, we were talking about the music earlier, but this scene really drives home a, a thing for me. There's not always music in the show. In fact, there's large segments of scenes that just have no background music and just have the ambient noise in the background. Which is fantastic. Not enough shows do that. They always feel the need to fill every bit of runtime with some music in the background. Even better than that, with the ambient music in the background and the ambient, like not ambient music, but like the ambient sound in the background and the sound effects, they use it to frame the camera shots and stuff still because there's a, there's a scene, there's a moment in this scene where the girl... Has, has a, has a one-liner, and the camera kind of pan, like zooms in on her, and with the sound of the zoom, we get the tr- sound of the train, which is right next to Wayne's house, barreling by. Which is fantastic for the zoom-in. It just goes so well with the zoom. It's such a beautiful piece of like sound and cinema coming together. And another wonderful thing about just using the ambient noise is it makes this scene feel more awkward, which it is. It's these two people that have just met, and this guy's already invited her up into his room for no really good reason and the kid's socially awkward he doesn't he doesn't have money to buy cookies yeah and she looks very out of place she doesn't look very comfortable with the room it's very much a classic punk styling i guess bedroom there's all kinds of punk posters just overlapping on the wall there's a mound of tapes and records and cds and it's by far not the neatest room either and he puts some music on for them to listen to and it is heavy, wonderful punk music. Like, the type of punk you just bounce around to. Which he does. He jumps up and starts flailing about weirdly with his arms to his side, kind of like a fish flopping on a deck. Yeah. And when he realizes that she's not like, enjoying it, he, he does stop the music, and they kind of just go back to talking. It's in the scene we learn she's got a couple of brothers. They're assholes. And we learn that Wayne has a brother who's in the Marines. I'd also take a mo- moment to note, though, this is also the first time in the show that I noticed that uh, Wayne has some tattoos on his arm. Yeah, he's 16 and has tattoos, but then again, he is the definitive punk. Yes, so it's not a huge thing. I just noticed it, and I was kind of happy with the character choice. They don't pull it out that no one r- notices it or at least calls upon it in either of these two episodes. They might do it in the future. I don't know. I but think- they don't do it here, and I like that, actually. It may just be that the actor had those tattoos, which is probably the case. Either way, though, it helps flush out Wayne's character without having to say anything. It's a very good show not telling. And then because of his character, the writers and directors were like, yeah, that's fine. We don't need to cover that up. He, Wayne has a tattoo now. So they're talking and Wayne asks this girl whose name he still doesn't know if he can be her boyfriend. She says, yes, but on a condition, conditionally. He's got to buy some cookies. He has no money. Camera zooms in as the train rumbles past. 
And we cut to and school time. And she says... Oh, wait. Well, get some then. Yeah, get some then. Because I'm assuming it's going to continue on this. It's true for this episode and for the next. The name of our episodes is cut from some line somewhere in the episode. Actually, the name for this episode and the next episode are both quotes from her. True. So, I don't know, maybe that's the thing going on in the future, but there's the lines from the show, and at least these first two are from her. Yep. So then, sorry, now, not with the train thing, now we cut to the morning and Wayne going to school. So he just barges in through the front doors. Of We get the zoom-in shot to the school, and the school actually doesn't look too run down. It looks like your generic public school. It's not in bad repair, but, you know, the front's not the neatest. There's a pothole or two in his parking lot. But it doesn't look bad. We were talking about how when people see Wayne, they always react with a f- like fear if they know who he is. And this scene demonstrates it the best. People he, just clear he, off the steps when he's walking to the steps. He And then he barges through the doors. Through the metal detectors. Through the, the school, metal detectors. Which, which immediately go off. Just blast off. He doesn't care. He just walks through. And there's this kid walking down the hall. He walks past this classroom. He walks which, out of the classroom. He walks out of this classroom. Sees Wayne. Turns around and walks back into the classroom. And, and pulls the door shut. He, yeah. he, he's, he's not effing around here. He's just like, nope. Yeah. So we see Wayne meet up with a friend of his, apparently. Yeah, his, fr- his friend comes running out behind him. Um, this guy's name's Orlando. And Orlando's talking about how he still wants to buy Wayne's nunchucks, if they're for sale, because, well, he's flush with cash because he just sold some rare Pokemon cards. That's how I made money in high school, too. Not Pokemon cards, in my case. Sold magic cards to go to concerts. More than once. I was the better kid and sold homework. Did that too. So they're talking as they're going over to Wayne's locker. And, and Wayne gets to his locker. And it's not his lock on that locker. So he's confused. And then we get this bit with Orlando talking to this girl that he likes. Who's in like a spine brace. And he, he basically just uses it as an opportunity to point out that he's into weird sci-fi stuff. Well that and he... he, he He's an opportunist. And he, he looks toward the future. He's not planning his next move tomorrow. He's planning, he's planning Six his months mo- down the road. Six months down the road. By which I mean he notes that this girl is pretty attractive. And no one else seems to notice it because of the weird brace. But she gets that off in six months, and he's getting into the game early. So while that's going on, Wayne's not really paying much of an attention to Orlando, which looks like that's going to be their main dynamic as friends. Orlando blabbers on, and Wayne occasionally acknowledges him. There is an important moment between Orlando and Wayne before they even get to this part, when Orlando initially catches up with Wayne, and he's like, where have you been, man? And Wayne's like, I'm only 20 minutes late. 20 minutes in three weeks. This kid hasn't been to school in three weeks. Yeah. Which is probably why his lock doesn't, his lock isn't his lock. So Wayne, trying to deal with the lock, pulls a hammer out and just knocks it off. To which Orlando looks at him and responds with, you have a hammer? To which... You know, Wayne's logical and entirely precise response is, I have a hammer. This show has amazing lines and the dialogue. Whoever was writing the scripts for this show, A+. Yes, it's fantastic. I'm in love with your dialogue. So Wayne opens the locker, I guess, more like breaks into it, really, and notices that it's none of his stuff and his nunchucks aren't in there. So, you know, he can't sell them to Orlando. And Orlando definitely notices it's not Wayne's locker because it has books. Yeah. So then we see Wayne barge into the principal's office, which is... Filled with the principal and two kids who are apparently in trouble for fighting. Wayne tells them to get out, to which they basically immediately start scrambling to get out of that office. Because in one of the kids' words, no disrespect, principal. He doesn't say principal, but he's talking to the principal in this circumstance. No disrespect. That crazy fool will come to my house. You won't. So the principal lets them go out into the main part of the office and tells them to sit there and wait while he deals with Wayne. Yeah. 
Then we get a bit of a backstory about the principal, by which a backstory I mean he knows Wayne's father. More importantly, it is a backstory about Wayne's father. Yes, which really what it establishes is that the principal is an old bullying victim of Wayne's father, and that Wayne's father was a massive bully, and in the words of the principal, Wayne's dad is an asshole. More importantly, though, Wayne's dad was an asshole. He bullied people, but he didn't let people get taken advantage of. He had this sense of justice about things. And so, well, yeah, he bullied the principal. He also... Defended the principal. And he let fucked the principal. He laid the smack down on twofold more than he did on the principal himself. So, Wayne's dad, a little bit of a messed up moral code, but he's got one. Yeah, so the principal's talking to Wayne about how Wayne doesn't have to be like his father. He can do other things. And that... That it's not Wayne's job... To fix other people's lives. It's not his job to fix all the injustices in the world. So Wayne's getting a bit frustrated and he goes to leave. And the principal calls him back and says, you know, I could have called truancy on you like five times. So Wayne sits down and listens. Yeah. To which it's just the principal kind of reaffirming all of that. But then we have this wonderful part where the principal notices that the two kids out in the lobby are starting to fight again. So he charges to the door, tells them to stop. And when he closes the door, he starts talking to Wayne. He's like, I hate those kids. I know I'm not supposed to, but I hate those kids. Like, real adult hate. It's also about this time that Wayne picks a banana off the desk, and the principal looks at him and goes, You can have the banana. Wayne apologizes. Sorry. And then the principal has another amazing piece of dialogue. I have another one. At home. Yeah. The dialogue in this show. So they kind of wrap up the conversation with just the principal telling Wayne that he doesn't have to write everything that's wrong. He doesn't have to be like his father. He can do something else. And, and we see... And then this leads to Wayne walking out of the principal's office. And we see these guys bullying Orla- his friend Orlando. Yep. And so Wayne starts charging fastly, kind of fast walking down the hallway. The principal comes out and he's like, Wayne, you don't have to do this. We just talked about this. And we see these band kids come out of our room. And then Wayne proceeds to grab a trumpet out of this girl's hands. And just slams it across the guy who has Orlando pinned to the floor face just right across his face knocks teeth out and everything teeth blood everything like in orlando's words there's no way you're going back to that school yeah they say that as they're walking away back to uh, wayne's house because let's put it simply wayne is a punk and that's what he's gonna do he's gonna get in fights if he thinks it's gonna make the world a better place yeah so that line that orlando says about not going back to school is when they're actually walking on their way to wayne's house and He's asking Wayne, like, why the nunchucks were important or why he even came to school. And Wayne said, because I need money. With, so, If I was Orlando, I'd just assume it, mean, it means he needs to pay rent because his dad can't work. And Yeah. But, but Orlando doesn't catch on to that, so he asks why. And Wayne explains the whole cookie girlfriend situation, and Orlando razzes him for it a bit, you know. This is also where we realize Wayne and us... Don't, don't know the girl's name. Don't know the girl's name yet. She is... Unnamed lady who sells cookies. Yep. And by lady, I mean 15-year-old girl. So he's trying to figure out what he can sell to Orlando. And when they arrive at his house, he takes them into a garage, and he opens up large cabinet, metal cabinet, and it's just filled, like, two shelves with old porn magazines that he's going to sell to Orlando. So Orlando pays up front, leaves the porn magazines there so he can go and get somebody to carry them in. Requesting that Wayne guards them with his life. Now, I think this is the point where me and Josh both kind of came to the same conclusion with the fact that Orlando was selling Pokemon cards to make money. And that's just way too many porn magazines for one person to have a reason to own. I mean, I think any is too many. 
I'm just the type of guy, but whatever. Orlando is a fence in training. Yeah, he, that's what we think. He he takes these items. He might keep what he likes most, but he, there's no way this kid is not taking them and turning around and selling the bulk of this for profit. Yep. He just, just seems fl- like the character. He's which, just going to flip it for four to five times the profit of what he paid. It just seems like the character, which is saying something, given the fact that I think by this point the character has maybe five minutes of screen time at most, and but like, I'm already fairly certain like this is 100% his motive. Like five minutes of screen time and maybe eight lines. Most of his screen time is either him getting beat up or him walking while Wayne talks. Yeah. So, so Wayne has the money now. Yep. So he goes to the girl's house, which we were earlier informed is the shithole on Norton. Yes. Wayne gets there. And? The girl's not there. So he knocks on the door. She shows up behind him. So they sit down on a seat on the porch, and they're talking. And he goes to give her the money to buy the cookies, and she's like, I just sold my last one. Don't have any more. She's fucking with him, though. She saved him the coconut ones. Yeah. So they get to talking, and he mentions that he doesn't know her name. So she tells him. And the first thing she says is, my name's Wayne, too. Yeah, he introduces himself because he he doesn't know her name, and it's only proper to introduce yourself first. He's like, my name's Wayne. And she's like, what a coincidence. Mine is, too. Which Wayne honestly believes. Yeah, it seems like he completely buys into that. But I, I, I think that goes back to his social awkwardness, his social, like... Which we will definitely expand on more. There's another significant part coming up that... I mean, very, very shows his... The amount of money Orlando gave him for all those porn mags was way more than she needed for the cookies. She even said so. But he just gave it to her all anyways. Yeah, so... So she does give him her actual name, and her name is Doe. It's not short for nothing, so don't ask. Then she lays down some ground rules because they're dating now. She doesn't like romance BS. She doesn't like flowers. She doesn't want a card on Valentine's Day. And she's never cooking for him unless she's cooking for herself. Yep. So, Wayne asks about why she needs all the money. And Dell mentions that she wants to use the money to run for mayor. And they get on this topic why they just had to go off and do some of Dell's chores, which her chores are cutting snakes in half with a shovel. So, and, and they, they talk about their future, and she wants to be mayor, and Wayne has no idea what he wants to do. Yep. And then, while they're talking, Wayne gets ambushed from behind, knocked to the ground, and... We find out it's, in Dell's words, her asshole dad and brothers. Yep. So they start going on, uh, like, really accusatory interrogating Wayne about what he's doing there, why, he, why his hands were all over her, which I'd like to point out, Wayne was, like, a good half a foot, foot away from her, not touching her. Very awkward. I honestly think he hasn't touched her in any way, shape, or form, like, physical contact at all at this point. I Yeah, I think that's actually entirely true. I don't think he's touched her. I think the closest he got to her was when he opened the door to yell. He was maybe like six, in, six inches from her. Other than that, I don't think he's... Wait, when they were sitting, he was pretty close. And I guess when he handed her the money. And when they were back-to-back, when she was like checking if he was tall enough oh, to be yeah, her boyfriend. Yeah. So, so they technically did touch at a point. Their backs touched. The horror. But that was back in, the, back in Wayne's bedroom, which is probably more of an issue for her dad than being out in the yard together. But they shove him there, interrogating him. And she's telling him to stop and leave Wayne alone. And Wayne tries to tell him, I was just buying cookies from your daughter. Like, I was just here to buy cookies because she's selling cookies. And her dad blows up. Because apparently, Dell's a thief. She steals stuff and then turns around and sells it. Yeah. 
which honestly fits with my first impression. I, I mean, I, I didn't think she stole them. I was thinking maybe she's like a younger sister and she's walking around selling her sister's Girl Scout cookies, maybe. Yeah, she's definitely not a Girl Scout. She, yes, there, I knew she definitely wasn't a Girl Scout. But uh, I don't mean that isn't like Girl Scout as a good person, like Boy Scout, Girl Scout, like you're no Boy Scout. I mean, that isn't, she's literally not a Girl Scout. Yeah, no. Those cookies weren't hers. So her dad takes all the money from her and shoves her to the ground. Then, after... A bit more arguing, he picks her up and drags her into the house by her hair. And tells her brothers to beat the shit out of Wayne. Teach him a lesson so he doesn't come around anymore. To which the brothers, who are twins, and have the habit of either repeating each other... But mainly, though, they repeat each other by repeating oh, what their dad said. The gimmick is, one brother repeats what the dad said... The other brother tries to repeat what the dad said, but it no longer makes sense because he has no one to say it to. Yeah. Or or what it does is the father says something in a longer-term t- format, then the other one abbreviates it down, and then the other one goes to shorten that down, and it's just like, it doesn't work. Like, or, at a point, he the father tells the brothers to shut the fuck up. So the, so the first of the twins says, yeah, shut the fuck up to the other one. Another one's like, yeah, shut the... And he just kind of shakes his head because... What the who, fuck is who, who's he talking to now? Who's he talking to? There's one other way this plays out. And that is the dad says something, one of the brothers basically repeats it, and then the third brother the second brother goes to repeat it, but the dad like stops slaps him. him in the head, says something to stop him. It's very shtick, but it, it It's it amusing. Play, it plays well. So they they knock Wayne out with a fun line of a uh, teacher not creeping on our sister, creep on this. And then the other one repeats, yeah, I creep on this. And they just fucking boot him in the face. Yep. So Wayne Wayne comes home, face battered to shit because he's been beat up twice today. Yep. Once outside that building where he threw ice through the window. And then once by Dell's family. And so Wayne gets home and finds the nurse that's taking care of his father there. She has a bit of banner with his dad and then notices... Wayne's looking pretty messed up. His face has looked better. So, you know, she takes the time to patch it up. And she notices that Wayne's staring down her shirt. So, at this, at this point, she asks him if he's staring down her shirt. And Wayne blatantly admits it. And then he apologizes. Because Wayne has an issue with lying. He yeah. can't do it. She, she points it out. She tells him that he needs to get better at lying. And then she brings up the fact that an ex-boyfriend of hers stopped by at some point. And mentioned something about a kid that looked a lot like Wayne throwing some rocks through her window. To which Wayne says, no. He didn't throw any rocks. So she asks him again if he threw rocks through her window, through the guy's window. Which Wayne then stops to clarify, it wasn't rocks. It was ice. He threw ice through the windows. So she points out that that was his chance to lie. And they keep talking a tiny bit. And she goes to leave. And Wayne asks if she's mad at him. She tells him that she is. And then she's like, see what I did there? That was lying. Learn to do it. And she leaves after telling him that she made him a pie. I do want to point out, she could have just dropped it when he said no. He, he wasn't lying, per se. Yeah, but, but that, she didn't. That was his version of lying. But it was the method that the directors and writers chose to show that Wayne can't lie either. He can't lie, but he can... Stop De- den- at appropriate times. He can deny something if it's not true. Yeah. If it's not exactly true, he'll deny it. He's like a capricious genie. Wording is important. Yep. So as she leaves, she lets Wayne know that she left him something in the oven. So Wayne grabs his pie and he heads in to talk to his dad. 
Because he wants to share the pie with his dad. Yeah. But, you know, cancer makes you not that hungry. Well, chemo makes you not that hungry. And so Wayne's dad just wants to watch him eat. He, he, he's, always, he's afraid Wayne doesn't get enough to eat, and he wants Wayne to eat the pie in front of yeah. him. So he and his dad talk, and his dad's like, guess who got lucky? I want to bet on a Pats game, and I can pay rent. And so that's pretty good news, right? Like, you're yeah. not going to get out of your house with a dying dad. So they're talking, and these fireworks go off in the background. His dad mentions that these kids have been setting them off all day, and he hasn't been able to get any rest. Which is kind of an issue. If you have cancer and you need to get some sleep, but you can't because these two hellion of children... are just setting fireworks off all day long. So Wayne gets up to go stop them, and his dad calls him back, and it's just like, just talk to your dad. Just talk. And at this point, Wayne notices a postcard that his dad has... Um, that has a picture of a woman, a really nice car, and a man. And Wayne comes that it's a really nice car, and his dad agrees with him and tells him, yeah, that's why I bought it. And Wayne doesn't believe that. They have no money. How did you buy a car? And Wayne's dad mentions that he bought it, but he really didn't get a chance to drive it or do anything with it. Because shortly after he bought it, his mom, that prick that she ran off with, stole it. Which means, because we find out here that Wayne doesn't really remember his mother, and the, because she left when he was five, which means this car was stolen from his dad like 11 years ago. And uh, this is the first time Wayne has seen pretty much any picture of his mom in... 11 a, years. A few years at least. Yeah. Like, he doesn't remember what she looks like at all. And so at this point, we hear some more fireworks outside. Well, actually, right before that, Wayne's dad's talking about how he's upset that he hasn't left his son anything that car is rightfully Wayne's and Wayne should have it. Yeah, that's very important because it actually motivates the next episode and the rest of this one and yeah. presumably the whole season. Yeah. So, but then the fireworks go off again. Wayne's had enough. He charges out of the room, his dad calling after him to stop and just come back. And Wayne runs outside and there's these two kids, probably like 10 years old maybe. Playing with some fireworks next door. So Wayne drops off the shed in between their two apartments on the other side of their fence when he does, he drops right down between these two fountains that go up. So it's very much almost like a wrestler-like entrance. It's very cinematic. There's some guitar going in the back. And the kids take off running because, again, yeah, They, they, they yell, it's Wayne, and they charge inside. Wayne is terrifying. They run away. Yeah. So we get the shot of the camera lingering on the happy family inside. And Wayne heads back over to his apartment and his dad. And well, while, he, while he was gone... His dad died. <laughs> yeah, just dead. I mean, his dad's been in bad shape. This makes sense. Yeah. But his dad died. You know, Wayne, Wayne's pretty upset. We don't see him cry or anything. He just looks angry, really. And then... It cuts back to the garage, shed, whatever. The guitar kicks in. We get the song Freya. Freya by the, the sword. sword. It's fantastic. I'm giddy and happy. And we see Wayne pull off this tarp over this dirt bike, motorcycle. I can't really tell what it's supposed to be. So it, he takes the time... Cleans it up real nice. And we see him charge upstairs, grab his jacket, the rent, uh, the his, nunchuck, his nunchucks, which he found this, his nunchucks that he was looking for earlier. They were in the garage. No, no, no. They were behind his jacket on the closet door. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We see him grab all that and a backpack and fill the fireworks he confiscated from those kids next door. And we see him fire up his motorcycle to head out. And the next scene has him knocking on the landlord's door. And he's, the, the, he's there to pay rent. He has the envelope. The, and The landlord makes a snide comment about, 
guess I'm still your landlord for the next month. Or, or you know, until your dad dies. And we, we see Wayne's face tighten up, and it looks so badly. Like, he wants to say something or just cold cock this guy in the face. But instead, he backs up, hops on the bike. And just as he's about to tear away, the landlord opens it up. And inside there's just slips of paper with insults written on them and drawings of penises. Stuff, stuff like eat shit and... Fuck you. Just a bunch of being a dick. To be fair, the landlord's a dick. Yeah. It's also at this time that the landlord looks over and notices that the apartment that Wayne lives in... Is on fire. Like, it is subsumed in flames. Kind of just burning down. Which, you know, the guy yells, that's my retirement, and uh, I don't feel sorry for the guy at all. It's hard to feel sorry for him. Yeah. But Wayne drives off, and he pulls up at Dell's house. Well, we don't even really see that. Wayne shows up at Dell's house. We, we cut to Dell's house, and we see her father out back. He's lighting a cigarette. And then his doghouse just catches on fire. Yep. And he's the focus of the screen. And the camera's kind of blurry to the background, but we can see someone slinking into the house. And he's using the beer he had in his hand to try to put out this fire on the doghouse. Yeah, he, he's a brilliant man. I recognize it's not very alcoholic, but I mean, come on. It's a large fire. I'm pretty sure I saw a hose off the back part of your house. Like, come on. So, Wayne sneaks upstairs past... Dell's brothers. And when he's sneaking up the stairs, he steps on one bum stair, and they're wondering about what's going on. And he barges into Dell's room and tells her, you want to go to Florida with me? She inquires why, and he explains to get a car. His car. And she agrees, says she needs to grab her bikini. And she starts packing up a lot of stuff. So we see Wayne walk out of that room, look down the stairs, where we see the brothers kind of arguing... And we see them, we cut down to them, it's like, they're calling out, who's there? Uh, one of them goes, I got a bat. And, then and the other one looks at him. And the one that yelled, I got a bat, looks at his brother and mouths, I don't have a bat. Yeah. To which the other one kind of like shrugs and then nods, like, that's a great idea. Instead of going to get a bat, we'll stand here and talk about having a bat. Yeah. So Dell steps out of a room and Wayne's not on the landing. And then we see Wayne walk out of what I assume is probably their father's room, pushing a TV on a cart. Like, one of those old TV stand carts, like, you would probably remember from elementary school. Well, no, no, it wasn't that bad. It was, like, a cheap bedside faux wooden table with those crappy little black plastic wheels. That's fair. But it's a TV stand with wheels. Oh, yeah, it's an old CRT TV. So, you know, it's got that nice, big, boxy shape. And? Dell goes to pull him downstairs, and he's like, wait, wait. So, as her brother starts to come up the stairs, he shoves it over the banister. Knocks both the brothers down. I still don't understand how they're both alive, but... The, the back of the television hit them. I'm assuming the plastic is just cracked. I've had a television like that dropped on me. I'm not dead. I was bruised and really angry. Are you sure you're not dead? I wish sometimes, but I'm not. Okay. Well, so... Him and Dell run down the steps past her brothers and out into the yard. Yeah. And we see her father trying to beat the doghouse out with a broom. Which has caught on fire, because brooms brooms are flammable. Well, typically they're made of straw, and straw is a form of dried grass. Yeah, sure, I guess. Dried grass catches fire. It's that simple. So, he sees them. Well, he doesn't see them at first. Oh, yeah. they're actually, they've actually got a good chance to get away, but then one of the two brothers comes out and shoves Wayne from behind. And Wayne drops his nunchucks out of his sleeves. And the brother's like, those ain't gonna do you no good. And then Dell attacks him from behind. She just knees him in the balls. And she repeats that, those ain't going to do you no good line back. And it's fantastic. So I loved that one line reply. But it's because of this altercation that 
Dell's father notices Wayne and Dell, and he stops trying to beat the fire out of the doghouse and starts lumbering towards Wayne with the flaming broomstick. Wayne then proceeds to pull out one of the Roman candles he got earlier and just starts shooting at the father, eventually hitting him in the eye with one. Eventually hitting him in the eye with one. Yep. And Wayne tells Dell to get on the bike, and, and then he and her dad start fighting and. And her, her her dad hits him with a flaming broom. Catches the back of Wayne's jacket on fire. Like, this is stuff straight out of the Attitude Era WWF. Like, a flaming broom to the back, <laughs> jacket on fire, and they, they go straight oh, up fist uh, oh, fighting. It, it continues. They're fist fighting. Wayne's on the ground, so he's using that opportunity for those low blows. Which is weird, because if we're talking WWF Attitude Era here, Wayne's probably our face, right? But he's doing all these hill moves. And if this is too much wrestling dialogue for all you people, I don't get half of what I'm saying either. Am, am I correct about the way I'm phrasing this? Yeah, he'd be the face. Her okay. dad's the hill. Low blows are hill moves. Okay, so, so translation. Faces are good guys. Hills are bad guys. Low blows are bad things. But what you have to remember is we've had dirty faces. Ric Flair is the best example. But anyways, outside of the wrestling spec, they're fighting. Her, her dad pins him against the wall of... I a dumpster, say, it looks like. Yeah, a dumpster or garage or something. And he's just waylaying into Wayne, punching him in the face. Wayne tries to push him off with his hand. And Wayne can't do shit. He's stuck here. It looks like this fight's over. Yeah. Her dad's won. But then Dell's dad makes a mistake. He leans He gets the... right up in Wayne's face. Right up in the face. And Wayne, being the, well, not, I assume, academically intelligent student, he appears to be at least street smart. And, and he just sinks his teeth into Dell's father's nose and bites it off, just rips it off. Rips that cartilage right off his face. Which, like it would do to most people, drops her dad on his back. Oh yeah, he's whimpering, crying, like screaming in pain. Blood's gushing out around his hands because he just had his nose bit off. So Wayne walks off towards the bike, spitting the guy's nose on the ground. And Wayne and Dell take off. And then we get a cut to an entirely different area to a group of people we've never seen. 1,300 miles away. In Florida. Ocala, Florida. We see three very wannabe gangsters sitting around a table. Except this can never be a gang. There's a white guy, a black guy, and a Hispanic guy. That's not a gang. Gangs are very racially divided, even today. I mean, that's true, but I don't know if that's entirely correct. It comes across as cross, and it comes very across as racist. I mean, people can get along. Even today, gangs are massively racially divided. (laughs) That's not a racist statement. That's fact. So we see them sitting there, and then we see this guy come off, and he tells Reggie to stop messing with his pet alligator. Reggie is this is the one who appears to be in charge, and he's goading another one of the guys into throwing his sandwich to their alligator. A Jimmy John's sandwich with double meat. Yeah, just to see if the alligator would eat it. R.I.P. Yeah. double meat sandwich. To which Reggie says he knew the alligator wouldn't eat it. He just wanted to see the guy throw his sandwich. Which, you know, seems to establish that Reggie's like the leader of these wannabes. And a complete dick. What yeah. kind of monster... Makes you throw away a sandwich with double meat. Yeah. That stuff costs like $2.50 more than a normal sandwich. So like, then we cut to a garage with Reggie and who's apparently his father. Turns out it's Reggie's birthday. His father tells him happy 18th. To which Reggie points out that it's not his 18th birthday. He's 17, I think. 17, yeah. His dad doesn't really care. He doesn't appear to be a very involved father. But he throws in the keys to a car. The car. We don't know it's the car yet. It's Until he whips off one of those weather protector giant sheets, and it's the car. It is the car. And I think here the Freya by the sword starts playing again. Uh, no, it's a different song. I, okay. I, I knew I, what it I was earlier. I but... didn't check. I just remember a really awesome guitar. 
Yeah, I checked what it was earlier, but yeah. I forgot. And so. we fade out of this scene with Reggie and his father, with Reggie's smile, zooming on a smile. The kid has a really, really bad golden girl with the word killer stamped across the teeth. It's kind of gaudy. Yeah, it's horrible. But that ends episode one for us. It does not. My the bad. end of episode one is Wayne and Dill on Wayne's motorcycle charging down a highway with a semi blaring its horn at them. And then Wayne speeds up and tears off, and then that's the end of the episode. Doesn't my, really add much. My bad. You're right. That was the end of the plot in the episode. Yeah, the driving off things to show that they're actually leaving Brockton, Massachusetts. Yep. So that ends the first episode. We've already kind of spoiled our thoughts on the show, but what are your thoughts on the first episode? It's ultra-violent, it's gritty, yet it's enjoyable, obviously. But it's also, yet still, somehow, despite all the grittiness and ultra-violence, it's really relatable. Like... These people feel like people. They don't feel like actors. They don't feel like characters in a show. They feel very much like people. Well, that goes back to one of my favorite things about the episode, and I mentioned it earlier, the dialogue. Whoever is writing this dialogue gets it. They get how people talk to each other. They get how people interact. And they they know how to make stuff funny without making it obviously a joke for the for the screen. Like, it's just very well written. And on top of that... The cinematography is great. We got some. We have some really great shots, especially the opening shot with Wayne on the bike, the shot with Dell and the train sound in the background. Also, that the, the sound design of the episode, fantastic. I don't Absolutely know, love it. I don't know if you can tell, but I actually love this show. I'm just gushing. Yeah. So before he goes off on a, like probably an hour long tirade about how much he loves the cinematography and sound and dialogue, how about we just jump to episode two? No Priests, Episode 2. So the Episode 2 starts with Wayne and Dell on his motorcycle driving through. And most of the dialogue there is Dell yelling complaints about her butt being numb or hurting. Which Wayne can't hear because I don't know if you've ever been on a motorcycle on the freeway. You can't really hear the person behind you no matter how close they are. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, so it's her yelling some complaints about her butt hurting, if they're going to sleep soon... If he even knows where they're going. But they make it to Rhode Island before they call it quits for the night, and they decide to camp in the woods. Yes. Yeah. First, though, they stop at, I, I'm assuming it's a pawn shop from the way the building looks. And Wayne walks out with a tent that he just bought, and what do you know? Wayne's, I guess, a gentleman. He bought a cushion to put on the bike for her for her butt. And made her smile, I guess. That's worth it. So then we make it to the, the woods they stop to camp in. And then we cut to the next morning. We cut to the next morning. We see Wayne delicately putting together a small little tray. He's got some cooked meat on there. Some berries. Some blueberries. Delicious blueberries. And what looks to be an empty beer bottle with a flower in it. So he's already breaking one of Dale's rules. No flowers. No flowers. That said, she appreciates the the sentiment of breakfast because she she was tired of eating jerky. Yeah. She wasn't going to eat any more of it. And she takes a bite of the meat and... You know, it looks like she kind of enjoys it, but she's not entirely sure what it is. So she asks what it is. She, not, she specifically asks... If it's chicken. Is this chicken? And Wayne's like, no, it's rabbit. We so... Get, we get this nice sudden cut over to a rabbit impelled on a tree with a just knife. The ra- just the rabbit hide. Just, yeah, the, just hide. the hide sticking to the tree with a knife. And then we see Del just spit the meat out everywhere. What the hell, Wayne? And as she says Wayne... We get the title card, which is just Wayne pop up. Now, I don't know about any possible listeners out there i've had a rabbit 
it's not bad. It's not the greatest meat I've ever had, but it's not worth spitting out, especially if I'm hungry. It's really tough, really stringy, but it's okay. And it's not always tough. It just depends on what you're eating. Now, mind you, Wayne has picked a bad cut. He chose just like the main portion of the legs, which don't get me wrong, there's not a lot of other meat on a rabbit. But if you're going to cook its legs, you should like remove them and turn them into a stew so they soften. He doesn't. It's just cooked straight, eating off the bone. So anyways, we reopen the next scene in, in the police station back in Brockton. And we meet the sheriff and another one of his police officers, Jay. Not the sheriff. He's the sergeant. Sergeant Stephen Geller. Is he the sergeant? Sergeant Stephen Geller. I, I, I guess I've just watched too many other shows where where small town police officer is just immediately a sheriff no matter where they are. I don't think Brockton's supposed to be that small. Like it's it is. Small it is town. in my head. It's small town, but it's not like... Yeah, it's not small town USA. It's just small. Yeah. But, so we meet the sergeant and we meet Jay. Which, we meet them by Jay opening the door to the sergeant's office. And the sergeant's hand is just right down his pants. Moving around, feeling about. This leads to... Honestly, these characters are comic relief. And I don't want to make a complaint because I do like this show a lot. We have enough comic relief already. Dale's Brothers, A-plus comic relief... The Sergeant Stephen Geller and Jay just are, like, one step too far in the bumbling cop archetype. Yeah. But the Sergeant really wants to relay to Jay that he wasn't masturbating. He was checking himself for cancer. So they finally get all that out of the way. And Jay mentions that Dell's father... Bobby Lucchetti. Yeah, that's his name. I knew his last name was Lucchetti. I can't remember his last name. Yep. In my notes, he's just repeatedly listed as Dell's dad because this is the one time they mentioned his name. I don't have any notes on what her brother's names are. I don't think we can get her brother's names at all in this episode. We in do. These I, two episodes. I just looked at the IMDb. The names are there. Um, They're there, but are they listed in the actual dialogue for the episode? That's fair. I don't know. Because IMDb will give you the name. But yeah, so before that, Bobby Lucchetti, he's there to file a complaint because some, a guy, a some kid, kid just broke into his house, assaulted him and his sons, and, and kidnapped his daughter. And kidnapped his daughter. Which, as if you remember from the first half of this episode. Not true. Not true at all. There was an assault, but technically Wayne didn't break and enter. Unlawful entry. Okay, so I want to... Um, at most. Wayne unlawfully entered the house. He did assault the brothers. He, and he did assault Bobby Lucchetti. And he did assault Bobby Lucchetti, but the the mass of the assault on Bobby Lucchetti was actually self-defense. Yes. And... Also... You know, Bobby he, Lucchetti had assaulted him earlier that day. And also, he did not kidnap Dell. Yes. She went. She left of her own free will. Now, while you could make a strong case that he did kidnap her, you know, if he was an adult, he's also a minor. So, it's really hard to pin a kidnapping charge on him for that. Yep. So, he's there talking to the sergeant, and talking the ser- about it. And the sergeant's kind of just giving these passing phrases like, yeah, that's horrible. And all the while in the background, we have more comedic relief in this already pretty comedic scene of... Dell's brothers playing around with the cops' gun. One of them almost shoots himself in the foot, doesn't actually pull the trigger. Yeah. Because... And then the other one snatches it from him and accidentally drops the magazine out and just looks utterly confused. And I think he actually believes he broke the gun. Yeah, he couldn't figure out with the magazine back in the gun, so he sets it back on the shelf. He sets the gun back on the shelf, leaves the magazine on the floor. Yep. And so we find out that, the sh- that Sergeant Geller's passing references had nothing to do with the crimes that yeah. Mr. Lucchetti was trying to report. Instead, he was looking at a website about cancer and, and like a scheduling an appointment at the Brockton Cancer. And uh, as he leaves the office, he's like, 
don't worry, Mr. Lucchetti, we'll find your dog. We, we find out the fact that he's searching out cancer and he takes a piece of paper from the printer and Bobby Lucchetti looks really angry and goes to look at his computer and we find out it was an appointment for cancer stuff. Yep. So now, we're, now we jump back to Wayne and Dill. And they are at a diner. It's not a bad diner. It's not a great diner. It's like you're run-of-the-mill. I'm a step below, like, a nice family diner, but I'm still a step above a Waffle House. I'm, like, a mid-range Denny's level. I'm, like, a, I'm like a non-generic IHOP. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, Wayne and Dell are talking. Wayne tells Dell that his dad's dead that and that he burnt down his house. After Dell asked him if he was going to go back to the funeral... And when he mentions that he burned down the house, she goes, oh, so, okay, no priest then. And there's the name of our second episode, No Priests. Again, dropped by Dell in probably the first 15 minutes of the episode both times. 15 or 20 minutes, maybe. Yep. The, the driving scene mm-hmm. that we talked about in the beginning was a bit longer. Probably just the first 15 minutes. These episodes feel longer than they are. Oh, yeah, they're only like 35, 40 minutes, aren't they? They're like 33 minutes long each. Yeah. These episodes feel like a good hour-long show, but it's fast-paced and it's because the show is fast-paced it packs a bunch of story in a short period of time and it never stops we don't this show doesn't really have quote-unquote downtime everything is developing character whenever it seems like there'd be downtime for one set of characters we do the appropriate thing and cut back to some of our other characters exactly and we let the other characters continue on with their life we don't immediately cut back to where they were so wayne and dell are talking i think it's important that we lay the groundwork here in this scene because they're ordering food Dell orders coffee. Well, she, before she orders coffee, the waitress walks up and asks what they want. So Dell orders her coffee, and the waitress is like, "You look kind of young for that." So Dell, being the smart mouth, smart mouth, kind of sarcastic, smarmy young lady that she is, points out that well, Tracy, the waiter, appears to be habitual to wearing the choker that she's wearing, but the heart wants what the heart wants. So Dell gets her coffee. Wayne follows suit and orders coffee. Yeah, he, he doesn't look very sure about it, but he orders some coffee as well. And then Dell's talking about what she wants to get for food. She says, you know what, I'm going to get some waffles. And Wayne's exact response is, is that good? And Dell's like, what, waffles? You never had waffles before? What are you, Encino Man? Then she has to explain Encino Man because which, he's, he's never heard of this movie, which to be fair, I had heard of this movie, but I didn't remember its title. So I'm glad Oh, she I didn't remember its it. title, but I have watched it. Yeah, so I, I'm glad she explained it. To which I guess I will do if none of you watched it. The basic idea of Encino Man is that Elijah Wood, if I'm remembering correctly. Elijah Wood. Because they make another joke in the show about it. He ends up waking up a caveman from ice and basically has to teach him all about the modern world. That is essentially the plot of Encino Man. And she's saying that Wayne is kind of like that because yeah. he doesn't know what waffles are. Yeah. And she explains it basically the same way I did, except she says, that Hobbit guy from Lord of the Rings. Yep. To which, after that entire explanation, Wayne has another question. What's Lord of the Rings? Which, for me, is a facepalm moment, because I get it if you don't know pop culture. But what I don't understand is how you've never had waffles and... And don't, don't know Lord of the Rings. Like, it's not even, like, don't know Lord of the Rings, but, like, don't have the social awareness... To at least recognize the name. To have known that that was a thing. Yeah. But, yeah, so, at that point, she gets up and says she has to go to the bathroom. Um, after a few minutes, she calls Wayne over. It's not even a few minutes, it's a few seconds. She calls yeah. Wayne over to the bathroom... And says that she needs him to go get some tampons. And some sweats, because it looks like a Saw movie up in here. And those are the only pants she has. Yep. So we cue a cut together of Wayne going to a bunch of different stores. Yeah, he, we find he, out later it's just two different stores. Three. Three, three different stores. Mm. He successfully buys them in the third. Yeah. But he goes to the first store, 
and there's a bunch of girls already there. So, as a 16 year old male, he gets weird and already socially awkward. Awkward, which I think would actually work out in his benefit here, just the way he's presented himself. But apparently, he's off put by the idea, so he doesn't stop at the first store where there's girls buying them. He goes to the second store. So he's looking, and someone comes up to help him. So he immediately jumps to the other side of the aisle. And then kind of panics and leaves. Well, he panics shortly after he picks up a bottle, and the cashier tells him that that's her favorite lube. Yep. Then he panics and leaves. Yep. So then we get to the third store. Where just outside, as he's walking in, we see this blatant douchebag. Flat bill cap, which I have nothing against. I own one or two, I think maybe three. Just sitting on his bike, which it's one of those annoyingly like pimped out norm- normal bicycles it's not a motorcycle he's sitting on a pimped out bicycle with the seat all the way down so he's like drastically reach forward like almost if he was on a harley or a chopper this guy is a certifiable and he's texting on his phone but wayne goes in and he's trying to figure out what to get and a helpful uh cashier slash employee because we see her at the cash register point but she's also stocking but it's a small store i guess that makes sense walks up to him and asks him if he needs help and he doesn't really know what to say, but so she guides the conversation and yeah. helps him choose the appropriate tampons. needed tampon. And as he's getting ready to go to the cash register, that douche from outside walks in and starts yelling at the cashier. You can't even answer my text? And she tries to find out that I can't text you, I'm at work. Don't give me that. And so Wayne's walking up to the front, all the while we hear this conversation muffled in the background about her not responding to him and how he's really important. If he texts her, he needs her to answer. And, like, I think the important part for Wayne is when he looks back, he's, like, got a death grip on her arm and is, like, pulling her around. Oh, yeah, and, like, she's trying to pull away and her face is obviously contorted in pain. So Wayne grabs some sweatpants off of underneath the counter there, I guess, which is a weird place to keep sweatpants in a store, but okay. And then points behind the cashier and says... Also need that bike clock and that bat. An aluminum bat. And then we cut to outside the store and... Where the douchebag is... Has a bike lock around his neck, keeping him stuck to some sort of street sign. I didn't see the top of it. And we see Wayne just destroying the guy's bike with that aluminum bat. Afterwards, which, Wayne goes back into the store, returns the aluminum bat... To the... Supposedly girlfriend of the douchebag. Yeah. And she kind of just looks at him, looks outside, sees the guy, and then smiles. And hits the cash register to accept the return. And Wayne makes his way back to the diner that they were at. Yep. So he walks to the bathroom. It's knocking, trying to get Del to answer. And an older woman comes out. So he walks in the bathroom. Del's not there. She's gone. So he returns to a booth. And we get this kind of amusing moment with the waitress again, who comes up. And she's like, I don't think she's coming back, kid. You want more, some more coffee? And before he replies... She goes to pour it because, you know... And he had stuck his hand over the coffee cup as part of saying no. And she just pours it all over his hand. God, that would hurt so much. I've had hot coffee spilled on me. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And she's like, shit, kid, didn't that hurt? And his response is, yeah, it did. She's like, what, you don't like coffee no more? He's like, coffee is the worst thing I've ever tasted. You drank three cups of it earlier, and then it dawns on her. She's like, oh. You've got really- a bad for that bitch, don't you? Yep. And so... She sits down and tries to start talking him through about how he could find her, where she might be, and then he sees her out the window. And she's wearing one of... Tracy's, the waitress's. Schmucks. Uh, Schmucks. And Wayne charges off to talk to her. And she's just fast walking away from him. She's yelling at him about how he left her and that she doesn't know why she even came with him. 
this is the sort of a subplot for Dell's character in this episode, which was hinted at in the previous episode. She's a klepto. She doesn't just steal things and sell them. She steals things because she's kind of just compelled to steal things. Yeah. For instance, a salt and pepper shaker. Well, just the salt shaker. It was a gnome salt shaker with an S on its little hat. And we find that out because she drops it during this argument with Wayne. And gets pissed when it shatters. And it shatters all over the ground. And that's also the final breaking point for her conversation with Wayne. Because Wayne tries to tell her, hey, you shouldn't steal stuff. And she blows up on him, telling him that he doesn't have the right to tell her to do anything. And that she's done and she's leaving. And that his jacket that has a shark with a Japanese sunrise on it. It makes no stupid. sense. What kind of what kind of person would wear that? That's a freak's jacket. And then she storms off. Yeah, and tells him not to follow her. So Wayne, being Wayne, does it, and he heads back to the campsite. He returns to camp and finds two dudes looting through his shit. He surprises them as he jumps out of a tree. Wayne has a habit, apparently, of just descending from on high to terrify people. Dude, he's going to grow up to be like... Batman. He's uh, going to be Batman. Why do you think his name is Wayne? Oh, I was going to say a movie slasher, like just like Jason or somebody. No, 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 because he has a sense for justice and violence and descending from on high. And his last name, and his name is Wayne. He's just going to be Batman. Okay. But yes, anyway. people, this is our second Batman episode. Like with the Angel episode, I've identified someone correctly as Batman. I've decided that's going to be my new habit. We're going to watch a show, and I'm going to tell you who from that show is Batman. That's a new game we're going to play. Who's Batman? Besides the point, let's get off this tangent of Batman. I'm Batman. Um, they kind of, like, freak out because he just shows up out of <laughs> They run away, don't kill us. And, like, one of them compliments his jacket after he makes it known he's not going to kill them. So Wayne takes it off because Dell said it was stupid. And he gives it to the guy. And then he gets on his bike, and one of the guys is like... Oh, no, no, before that, oh, they're sorry. talking, and they want to know about Wayne's girlfriend because they found the bikini in his tent. And Wayne's like, yeah, it was my girlfriend's. Well, one of the guys is like, is that where you kill them? Yeah, it's great. You're uh, talking about the tent with the bikini in it? Yeah. But, and so they started talking about Wayne's girl problems, basically. And Wayne's like, she told me to leave. And they're like, they never want you to do that. They want you to follow them. you got to follow them. It shows them that you care. you got to fight for them. So he's like, okay, where's the bus station? Because that's where Dale's going to go. She's going to get a ticket back home. And they're like, the bus station's like 30 minutes away. Your bike doesn't have any gas. We know. We tried to steal it earlier. And then the one of the guys is like, it's only a 10-minute run if you cut through the golf course. And then I was like, no, sh- don't do that. You can't go through there. Because, because there's a guy named Lee fucking Murray. Which is important because when we do finally meet Lee fucking Murray, it pops up on screen in big white letters, Lee fucking Murray, and it's fantastic. It's kind of like a Borderlands pop-up. Like You get the, you get the character introduction, and, the, and then their name pops up. Yeah. It's great. But... So Wayne charges off, and they're both astounded that he's willing to go with this, because they've heard rumors that Lee Murray has killed people. And they know for a fact Lee has a gun. Yep. And they try to stop Wayne, and he's like, you told me I have to fight for her. Yep. So we see Wayne crawl through this whole defense to the golf course, and when he gets on the green, there's Lee Murray. Leaning against his golf cart thing? Telling Wayne that, well, he's in for it. He's on his green and he points a shotgun right at Wayne's chest. And Wayne drops the hammer out of his shirt sleeve. Hoodie sleeve. Hoodie sleeve. And, like, proceeds to start walking towards Lee Murray. And Lee Murray's like, what are you doing? I've got a gun. I'm about to light you up. And Wayne keeps walking forwards, and Lee per- pulls the trigger, and we watch Wayne just drop. Like, his head flails back, and he just drops. Honestly, 
It kind of looks like he just got killed. Yep. And Obviously, he didn't. The show's named Wayne. We got, like, at least six episodes left in this yeah, season. Yeah, but, yeah, he's down. So we cut over to Dell at the bus station. And she goes to buy a ticket from the bus shop attendant. And what do you know? It's Tracy from the diner. So they get into a little bit of a pissing match again. And Tracy's had enough. She sets up her little sign telling people to go to the next window. And she tells the other attendant she's going on a break. Instead, she steps up from behind the window. Removing her earrings. To get in a fight with this 14-year-old girl. A physical fight with this 14-year-old. And they're arguing with each other and trading insults. And Tracy takes one. She's like, what am I doing? I'm about to fight a kid. And then Dell shoves her. And then cop sirens. Whoop, yeah. whoop. Oh, yeah. They, they, they shove each other like twice and then some cops pull up. Uh, the fight gets broken up. And we, we come back to Wayne. He's tied to a chair in what can only be described as a murder shack. Oh, yeah. Definitely a murder shack. I have it right here in my notes. Wayne wakes him up in murder shack. Guy threatening to kill him. Murder shack. Like, Lee's not threatening to kill him. He's just, like, trying to explain that I shot you with rock salt. Like, that that shouldn't have done what it did to your face. And Wayne's face has like, all these gashes on the left-hand side. And we also see Lee loading in some actual shot into the shotgun. Because apparently Lee's girlfriend told him he has to kill the kid now. Because, because it, there's no way he's not going to tell someone. And if he tells someone, Lee's going back to prison right. because he just got off probation. Yeah. So Lee's girlfriend comes charging in, or his old lady as he calls her, because, well, she's his girlfriend and she's older than him. And she's throwing a fit because Wayne's still alive. And the, Lee's like, he gets it. He's not going to tell anyone. And she's like, he's a kid. Look at him. His parents are going to... It's not like his parents are just going to look at him, continue on, and as he eat this fucking cereal. And if he goes to the hospital, someone's going to do something about it. He's going to have to report the gunshot. like. Yeah. And so she's going on this, and Lee finally convinces her to give Wayne a chance. Yeah. So she uh, agrees. If Wayne can beat her in a competition, he can go. But if she wins, he dies. He has to beat her in a game of her choice. And that game of choice is five-finger fillet, which, if you don't know what that is... It's this fun little game where you take a knife and you put it on the sides of your hand and you stab on the outside of your thumb, then in between each finger and back. Now there's some faster variations where you make more stabs and more distances, but the point of the game is to stab as close to your finger as possible. As fast as possible. As fast as possible without, without hurting yourself. Without stabbing yourself. So you whoever can do it faster and better wins. It's not an actual game. It's just stupidity. But... He has to do it better than she does. And so... She does it around. It's nice. It's fast. And Wayne gets knifed. And just as he's about to stab, who comes through the door? Dell. Yeah. With a fucking chainsaw. Which, sorry, actually. We're not there yet. Mm, sorry, yeah. Uh, right when Lee's girlfriend comes in, I think we make another cut. Sorry. We cut to Dell talking with Tracy. And Tracy points out that Wayne really cares for her. He drank three cups of coffee, even though... Later, when she had to give him another one, he apparently didn't like it. He acted like she pissed in it. And they're going on about that. And Tracy's giving Del a ride around to look for him. And they come across the two kids, one of which, of course, is wearing Wayne's jacket. And the kids explain what happened. And the one in the jacket's like, it's all my fault. I'm so sorry. And the other one's like, he really loved you, you know? They, they think Wayne's dead. They saw him get shot. Okay. And then we cut back to, to, to the shack. They do the five finger fillet thing. They've done the, they do. They start doing the five finger fillet thing because before the before we cut to Dell, 
The five-finger fillet get, the game thing was explained. They didn't say what the game was. Kira sits it down, does her run at the five-finger fillet, hands the knife to Wayne, and then Dell kicks in the door. With, with a chainsaw. A motherfucking chainsaw. Yeah. It's not running yet. Yeah. So and, they're both like, what are you going to do with that? You don't, I mean, you don't even know how to run that. And we zoom in on Dell's face, and we get a cutaway to two months ago. Dell's at home complaining about how cold it is, and her dad's like, well, cut some firewood. Learn to cut some firewood. So we see Dell out in their garage or shed learning how to start a chainsaw. So then it cuts back to her in the murder shack. And she just single kick pumps. Not even that. It's much more badass. She just drops the chainsaw while holding onto the pull cord and just pulls it the fuck right back up like a yo-yo, and it's started. Yep. And Lee Murray, well, sorry, Lee fucking Murray's just blown. Like, his eyes are wide. He's astounded that someone managed to figure that out and do that all at once. And Wayne takes this moment to interrupt the argument going down and he's between Lee and Dell, and he's like, hey, I didn't get my turn at the game. So he pulls the knife back, back and, just and just stabs himself right in the hand. Right in the middle of his hand. And everything goes batshit here. Oh, yeah. Lee's like, what? Lee's girlfriend's like, what? Lee starts freaking out. And Kira in that moment of distraction, Dell takes her chainsaw and just heaves it. It flips end over end and lands on Lee fucking Murray's foot, just cutting into it. Lee then, in extraordinary pain, still wielding a shotgun, shoots the shotgun by accident, which blasts through a lava lamp that explodes all over Kira's face. That's his name. His girlfriend's name is Kira. I don't think we said that earlier. I've said it multiple times. I haven't paid attention to you. You bore me. <laughs> So then Wayne uses the chair to beat the shit out of Lee. Kira grabs the shotgun and corrals Wayne and Dylan to a corner. And then... And it looks bad for our hero yep. because Kira, with lava lamp goo all over... Burning lava lamp goo all over her face. Which, if most people you don't know, more often than not, the glowy thing inside of a lava lamp is actually just wax with some glow chemicals in it. So really hot wax all over her face. And she has Dell and... Wayne cornered with a shotgun pointed at them, and she's like, I have to kill you. There's nothing I can do yep. now. Like, And then charging in through the door, we hear Tracy yelling, Northside, bitch, and just kicks her. Just knocks her into a cabinet and apparently knocks her out. And then Tracy, Dale, and Wayne just make look their at escape. Each- well, they just look at each other, and Tracy goes, what now? Want to go get high? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. We cut back to Wayne's camp then. Yeah. Dell's laying some new ground rules. They aren't breaking up. But they have to take things a little slower. Yep. And it's at this point, Wayne realizes he lost the postcard with, with the address on it. Yeah. So we then cut to a scene with uh, with them at a small little like grocery store. And Dell says she has to go to the bathroom. Well, so, before we cut to the grocery store, we cut back to the police station. Do we? Yep. Because this is where the Sarge is talking to Bobby Lucchetti and they're talking about what they're going to do to find... Oh, yeah. Del, uh, uh, also, we skipped a scene with them earlier. It's okay. It, it, it's just them it, outside it, at an ice cream thing. The entire scene's a gag scene where Bobby Lucchetti gets tased. Tased. That's the entire. While his scene. sons, while one of his sons tells his dad that he's gonna get ice cream, and his dad tells him that money that they have is for scratch off tickets. That 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 he's definitely not getting ice cream multiple times. Yeah. That's the entire scene. We didn't miss anything. Well, it's not okay. the entire scene. His son does get ice cream. We see it in the background. Which is fine because his two dad's of his kids tased. have a rebel streak. Because his dad's tased, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. The scene doesn't matter. It doesn't actually add to the story. Wait, no, all. it does. It does add something important. One part. Oh, this the is... sergeant appears to be entirely on Bobby Lucchetti's side because he found out he doesn't have cancer. But then we find then this but is where then... the sergeant finds out that 
Wayne's father had cancer. Why? Bobby Lucchetti brings it up. And that's enough to put the sergeant back on Wayne's side. Yeah, he's like, oh, this kid's just suffering. He's lashing out. He needs a second chance. Because the sergeant is completely biased based on cancer. Yes. So later when we have this scene with Bobby Lucchetti and the sergeant in the police station. And they're they're arguing about what the police are going to do to find Dell. Yeah. And the sergeant actually says what they're going to do to find Wayne. Because he needs help. So the sergeant's talking about all about how they need to stop. I mean... Bobby Lucchetti's talking all about how they need to stop Wayne. And the sergeant's talking about all about how they need to find Wayne and help him. Because he believes in second chances. And Bobby's getting kind of pissed. And then in walks Wayne's landlord with an envelope with the envelope that Wayne gave him. And he tells the sergeant there's something important they need to see. The sergeant and takes the envelope, opens, opens it, it up. And, and the first thing he sees is a picture of a dick. And he's like, I don't see how a... Drawing of the boy's dick is going to help The us. boy's penis Sorry, the, sar- the sergeant's a very proper guy. He doesn't guess. Yes. He's also a very thin and wiry redheaded man. Yeah, so I don't see how a drawing of the, of the boy's penis is going to help us. And then the little goes, not that, this, and he pulls out the postcard. Which has the Ocala address on it. Which the sergeant reads out loud. And who, of course, should overhear but Bobby Lucchetti. And Lucchetti tells his sons... They're headed to Florida. Yep. So then we cut back to Dell and Wayne, stocking up yeah. for the trip, buying tampons. Well, right before that, we see, when they're at the store, Dell goes into the bathroom. She has a bit of a breakdown, crying. She seems really upset and stressed. And she empties her pockets and her backpack of all the things that she's stolen. And this is the end of her tiny arc in this episode where she goes from being a klepto to trying to not steal stuff anymore. Yeah. And then our episode ends on a scene with her grabbing the appropriate pack of tampons and walking to the cash register to be interrupted by Wayne with a cart full of tampons. Just to prove that he's okay with buying tampons now. Yep. And that's the episode. Yep. So, you want to start with your conclusion for this episode? No, no, episode I, I, I went with the last one. You okay. can go. So, your conclusion for this episode, I'll do my conclusion, and then we talk about our conclusion for the overall show. Okay, so this episode's a little weaker than episode one, and introducing the sergeant and Jay as more comic relief characters, not really needed. Um, they could have been a little more straight-laced and it would have been okay. The whole cancer pun, the whole cancer joke with the sergeant, it's okay. The real heart of this episode, though is the development of Dell and Wayne's relationship. And that's done really well. Um, Tracy's probably the one of the least believable characters in the show so far. She just doesn't seem like a person so much as like a stand-in character. But that's my own criticisms of, of her. I don't know if it's an actress or the writing thing. Honestly, the dialogue in this episode is a little bit weaker overall. But the show is still really good. It's still worth watching. Music's still banging. Um, the action's still on point. It's a good show. Yeah. And for me, I gotta agree. This episode definitely feels a bit weaker. What I think I would like to see, rather than the sergeant and his officer, Jay, get introduced, was just more of the principal in Orlando, which I did watch a trailer for the show before, way back when, when it was first going to come out. And from what I saw in the trailer, there is a lot more of those two. Yeah, because one of the trailers has them in a car driving... Driving to go get Wayne. Yeah, so... so. I'm... Fun fact, uh, gonna go ahead and spoil this next bit of overall thing of the show. I'm definitely watching the rest of the show, like I said, at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Gonna, and gonna finish this, this episode of the podcast. And then finish this series. And I guess, because there's not gonna be another season. Then just binge the series. That's what I'm doing with the rest of my yeah. night. Like, the show's very good. But I agree, it definitely feels a bit weaker. I actually don't have as many complaints about Tracy. The most unbelievable part about Tracy to me... Is the fact that 
She works at the diner and as a bus ticket attendant. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that, that just the, feels like more of a stretch, which it definitely is, and it's kind of meant to shoehorn it together. Yeah, I get it, it takes the immersion out of the episode for me. But that's definitely the worst part about her. But like, I think for me, it's not just Tracy. I think she just bears the brunt of it because she's the weakest of the, of the new characters introduced. Honestly, the weakest character for me introduced is uh, Kira. Yeah, I mean, she's just a Satanist to be a Satanist. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We didn't mention it, but uh, she's like, a Satanist. Not like an actual Satanist, but like a I worship the devil, like the actual devil kind of thing. Yeah. And like, she's obviously the weakest character, but... Uh, I quite enjoyed, though, I definitely enjoyed the camp scene with Wayne and the two guys he meets. It was enjoyable. It was comedic, but it was also entertaining. Lee Murray's a good character. I liked him. Yeah, Lee, Lee fucking Murray was He's just enjoyable. a dude trying to do his job. His job is to keep kids off the golf course, and... Kids don't want to stay off the golf course. So, so he shoots him with rocks out in the ass. Yeah. So he's kind of believable. He's doing what he has to to do his job. But he doesn't actually want to hurt anybody that badly. Yeah. Um, I think the reason Kira is such a... I think the reason Tracy is such a problem for me is because we, sp- we spend more time with her than we do Kira. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I get that. We, this episode introduces a bunch of characters who, from a, from a concept standpoint, I don't like. Jay, the sergeant, Kira, Tracy, like... It's got, it introduces a bunch of kind of weak characters. Yeah, despite that, you still want to watch the next episode, don't you? 100%. This show is so yeah. good. My final conclusion here, the first thing I, I have written here is, Wayne, damn good. Because that's what the show is. It's damn good. It does everything well. The music's good. Like I said earlier, the cinematography's good. The lack of music through a lot of the scenes, beautiful. Dialogue, really good. Fantastic. The way, just the overarching way the show set up. The way it's managed to handle its pacing, its characters. And even though neither of our main characters have actually gotten a lot of character development, the tiny bit that we do get is spread throughout the episodes where they happen in a way that feels natural and flowing. And while we see what actually kind of is some significant growth for Dell, despite me just saying otherwise, it doesn't feel like it as much because it's spread out in a believable manner. It doesn't feel like she's just a klepto one minute and not a klepto next. Mm-hmm. It shows, especially in that little breakdown moment, that it's going to be a struggle. It's not just solved because she got rid of the stuff. Yeah, and like something here in my notes I have, this show is nonstop, and it's it's constantly moving at a good clip, which is probably why the episodes feel a bit longer than they are because you're getting so much crammed into it. But not only is it constantly moving, but some, whatever's happening is advancing the plot in some way. We have one scene from two episodes that doesn't actually advance the plot other than that the sergeant finds out that Wayne's dad has cancer. Yeah. That's it. That's one scene out of two episodes, two or three minutes out of an hour worth of show that isn't actually plot vital. So I think overall our consensus is Wayne is great. You should definitely watch it. So I think that's... Hold on. Yeah. We did did mention at the the top of the show that this show's on YouTube Premium. Yes. I want to reiterate. The show's on YouTube Premium. If you want to watch it, you're going to have to subscribe to YouTube Premium. But... Do it. You only have to subscribe for one month. Which is like, what, five bucks? It's like five. I think it's like ten bucks. Honestly, worth it to watch all of Wayne. Yeah. You get, you, get, you can watch the entire show. It's like a dollar an episode then, which is hella good rate. And on top of that, there's other shows on YouTube Premium yeah. that are worth uh, watching. Like While you're at it, I suggest you watch Minefield from Vsauce. It's fantastic. I love psychology, and that stuff that they do on there is fantastic. I don't care about anything else on YouTube Premium, but Wayne and Minefield... There's a couple good movies. The Thinning is a really good one. It stars Logan Paul. I don't uh, like yeah. him, but it's a good movie. And um, Game Theory has a show which was actually kind of good. It was about game immersion. 
just to be clear, this episode clearly is endorsed by YouTube Premium. YouTube wouldn't pay us. Yeah. We don't have enough under our belt, and they, they're they not going to pay for advertisement. They're, like, the most popular non-search engine website on the internet. Yeah. Like, And I'm not saying you should subscribe to YouTube Premium forever. Seriously, give them $10. Give them $10. Watch Wayne. See if there's anything else on that you like. If there's not, honestly, give them out t- 10 bucks, and that's, like, a good movie rental. Give them 10, 10 bucks. Immediately cancel your subscription. They'll give you the next 30 days for your cost. Like, they won't charge you again. And then you have 30 days of YouTube Premium, which includes YouTube Music, and you get to watch Wayne. I know I sound like a shill right now, but Wayne is worth it. Yeah. So, what we're saying is, Wayne's great. Definitely watch it. And this has been Copilots. Thanks for flying with us. See you next time. And you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at copilotsreview at gmail.com and you can also reach us at copilotsreview on Twitter and copilotsreview.simplecast.com